Hi everyone, and welcome to another broadcast of Faith Life with Pastor Earl and Friends. And I trust that as we share the Word of God each day, we will become friends of faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God, but not just faith in itself. Faith must have an object of faith. And the greatest object of faith is a person of faith, and that is our Lord Jesus Christ. And I trust that you know him as your Lord and Savior. On today's broadcast, we'll be teaching you Revelation chapter 5. The previous broadcast, we shared with you verses 1 to 7. And let me give you just a quick little review Chapter 1, verse 19, is the Holy Spirit's outline for the book of the Revelation. John is told, write the things which thou hast seen, the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. Chapter 1, the glorified Christ has seen. Chapters 2 and 3, the church era. Chapter 4, Medetau is the word for chapter 119 hereafter. Metatauta, I'm sorry. And so as we get into chapter 5, we see this interlude, chapters 4 and 5, the hereafter, and we see a scene in heaven. The scene in heaven is the throne of God, and we see the throne... We see the one that sat on the throne is like a diamond and a ruby. We do not see an actual form, human-like form, but we know this from chapter 5. This is obviously God the Father. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. There is the diamond, there is the ruby, there is also the emerald rainbow around the throne. There's the beautiful sea of glass. Some say that may be referring to the glory of the Lord found in the Word of God. And just like our oceans, there may be um, waves and wind and boisterous things above, but everything below is calm. But in, in heaven, all is calm all the time, where our Lord is in complete control. He is sovereign all the time. He's just allowing sin to have its course, to run through humanity like a bad fever but here on earth providing redemption through Jesus Christ. So chapter 4 is a scene in heaven. It's all glorious in chapters 4 and 5. Beauty and light and God and the 24 elders and the living creatures and the angels. It's just a beautiful, beautiful sight. But as we get to chapter 6, things will darken, as it is the time of the tribulation. 
seven-year period where the wrath of God is poured out on the earth. So again, let's begin with chapter 5 and verse 1. Let me give you an exposition. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne, the right hand is a hand of authority and power, a book written, a book there is a scroll, Biblion, written within and on the backside. That carried the idea like a will that the instructions were on the outside and the information on the inside. It is a seven-sealed scroll, much like the wills were sealed seven times. Imagine a roll, but imagine the seals on the outside of the roll, and as each one is peeled back, more information, more instruction is given. And so this will be the future. This will be what will transpire during the tribulation in Revelation chapter 6 to 19. It said it was sealed with seven seals, and I saw a strong angel. Most likely that is the mighty angel Gabriel. And he's proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book. The word able means had the power or the authority to open this scroll, neither to look thereon. And I, speaking of John the Beloved, wept much just agonizing weeping in the Greek language because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon because John was somebody that was concerned about the administration of God, concerned about God's program going forward. Are you a person like that that seeks first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, because the Bible says, if you are, all these things will be added unto you. In the next verse, it says, and one of the elders, remember there were 24 elders around the throne, representatives of 12, I believe, from the Old Testament, 12 from the New Testament. They are not angels. They're wearing white and white is the righteousness of the saints. They have crowns, and that is Stephanos, victor crowns. So they're evidently human beings that have now um, encountered the glory of God. And one of the elders said unto me, to John, weep not, stop your weeping. And didn't say it in a corrective way, but just stop weeping, John. Behold, here's the answer. The lion of the tribe of Judah, Genesis chapter 49. Our Lord came from Judah, and he is the lion. He was the lamb of God that took away the sins of the world, John 1, 29. 
but now he's the roaring lion, showing that he is truly king of kings and lord of lords. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Because of his death, his burial, his resurrection, his conquest over Satan, he is the one that's worthy. He is the one that has prevailed. So if you are a part of the kingdom of God and Jesus is your king, you are on the ultimate winning side. It says he was, he's prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof because he has the power, he has the authority. And I beheld and lo in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, the word for beast here is not therion like a, an angry beast like in Revelation 13, it's Zoan, living creatures. Remember, they were four different um, individual entity faces. There was the lion, there was the ox, there was the man and the eagle, representative of Christ's fourfold ministry in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It says, In the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns, seven is the number of perfection, horns is authority, so he has all authority, and seven eyes, seven again being the number of perfection, eyes having the idea of all-seeing, all-knowing, omniscient, which are the seven spirits of God. We don't have seven Holy Spirits. We have seven dimensions of the Spirit. In Isaiah 11, verse 2, it comes as the branch out of Jesse. And he sent forth into all the world. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. So imagine this, the father has the scroll in his hand, the son comes who's been given all judgment and all authority, and he takes it out of the hand of the father, and let's look at what will happen next. So we're learning about Jesus, who's the Lion of Judah and the Lamb of God. It is interesting, the word lamb is used 28 times. The word lion is used one time. The word for lamb is not the ordinary word arneon in the Gospels of a diminutive small-sized lamb, but it's amnos, the lamb of God in John 1.29, the powerful lamb of God, that takes away the sins of the world. So in verse 7, we looked at that. Power's been given unto the Son. Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Compare that with what we have just learned. Verse 8, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts, the four living creatures, 
whose task it was to declare day and night the holiness of God as they encircled the throne of God and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. We're seeing that the Lamb of God is definitely deity, definitely divine, and we see that all men and all angels in heaven and all the living creatures and the elders fall down and they worship the Lord. It says, having every one of them harps or lyres, L-Y-R-E-S, and golden vials full of odors. Imagine this, incense, the beautiful smells, sounds, and colors of heaven. It says, and these golden vials, I think this is so interesting, it says they're the prayers of the saints. Have you anguished over things in your life, your family's life, your job, your, your, your ministry and all? Well, God hears all those prayers and he has, he has considered them valuable to him. Not a prayer that you pray to him is an invaluable prayer. They're valuable. And also with all these beautiful sights, colors, sounds, angels, glorified saints, it says this as well. They sung a new song. There is nothing more beautiful than believers seeing, singing worship songs. I remember years ago when my wife and I went to Australia for a worship conference. There were 25,000 people there and they were from 35 different nations. And I remember the atmosphere when we worshiped the Lord together. And I was from pretty much a conservative type of American church culture and when the people from other countries worshiped, they were falling prostrate on their faces before God, kneeling before God, weeping before God. And I thought, what a beautiful image of what heaven will be like. So they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God. Jesus paid the price for us by thy blood. Without the shedding of blood is no remission for sins. And what Christ did for you on the cross, he did it to obtain your salvation. All you must do is realize you're a sinner, repent of your sin, and receive him as your Lord and Savior. It says this, that he has redeemed us to God. We were enemies, and now we've been reconciled and made friends to God by the blood of Jesus. And we come out of every kindred, tongue, and people, and nation. Who will you see in heaven? People from 
every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. There's so much division, nation against nation, ethnic group against ethnic group, people that desire to worship with only their own, quote, people groups. But in heaven, it won't be like that, and it shouldn't be like that on the earth. We should all be worshiping together here on the earth. And it says, just like it did in the first chapter, and he hath made unto us our God kings and priests. Remember, we aren't kings and priests. God is a king. Jesus is a king. But we've been made kings and priests, and that carries the idea actually a kingdom of priests. And what do we do? We serve the Lord. We worship the Lord. And that is our purpose here on the earth. The only other things we do here that are significant are we are to go out on rescue missions. And like Reinhard Bonnke said, we are to um, rescue people from hell, plunder hell to populate heaven. And it says, unto our gods, kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. We will do that particularly after the second coming of Jesus in glory. We will see that the church is exempt from the tribulation, the seven-year tribulation. After that, Christ comes in glory, and then we will reign with him on the earth. Verse 11 and 12 says, And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was, listen to these numbers, 10,000 times 10,000, and we see that as just an innumerable amount of angels. They were saying with a loud voice, imagine this, just this all-encompassing choir singing and giving glory to the Lord and declaring his worthiness, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. These are the seven-fold attributes of Jesus. Power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. What a beautiful passage of Scripture. As we look at verses 13 and 14, it says, And every creature which is in heaven. Now, some people say, will there be creatures in heaven? I believe from verses like this, yes, there will. We know there are horses in heaven because in the end of the tribulation, Christ comes in glory on a white horse. So it says, every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all 
all that are in them heard I saying. So imagine not only everyone and everything in heaven, every angelic being, but everything on the earth, all the animals, all the creation, all the sea life is giving glory to the Lord as well. Heard I saying blessing, honor, glory, and power be unto him that sitteth on the throne and unto the Lamb, that's Jesus, forever and ever. What a magnificent passage of scripture. And the four beasts, or the four living creatures, said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down before and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. I trust that you enjoyed that portrait of heaven from chapters 4 and 5. And this is Faith Life with Pastor Earl and Friends. If you haven't received Christ yet, let's do that now. Say, Lord, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent of my sins and I receive you right now as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. If you're someone that's suffering and you need healing, I'm going to pray for you right now, Lord. Touch bodies, souls, spirits, and minds. Bring healing to people. May their faith be in nothing else other than you. And I pray that over them in Jesus' name for every person listening the sound of my voice that may be hurting in one fashion or another. Some of you asked, how can I help be a part of this ministry? You can pray, you can listen, you can share these teachings. Imagine if you just shared this with a lost friend or a loved one and they came to Christ. You would see them one day in heaven as well. And also, if you would like to give, we encourage you to do that. You can contact me by email, charisman, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N, one, two, three, four, at gmail.com, or text me at 386-795-8494. And a portion of what you give to Faith Life we also give to other ministries. We do this through our church. There are two present ministries that we're um, giving to. One is the development of a third world country in West Africa for education, water, etc. And then also the church we attend is also sponsoring a ministry to rescue those caught up in the human trafficking um, trade. A horrible, horrible thing going on in this world is an epidemic. So please consider giving. And if you do, God is going to bless you. And together, we will be rewarded for sharing the Word of God. This is Pastor Earl. I love you.